Hi, and welcome to the Nonfiction Authors Association podcast. Today's session is with Lisa Tenner, and we will be talking about how to meet and choose the best literary agent for your book. I'm Carla King, your host, and I want to thank you for listening to our weekly 30-minute podcast series. If you're new to us, here's a little about what happens at the NFAA. Our members receive an author advisor email every Friday that features curated media leads and links to exclusive member content. Members can also participate in a free mastermind group we call the Author Brainstorm Exchange and enjoy access to our private community on Facebook. Discounts are available for our year-round nonfiction book awards program and the annual Nonfiction Writers Conference and our book marketing and book publishing master courses, both which have optional professional certification. And we can't forget discounts with our awesome partners that include Lulu, Findaway Voices, Office Depot, and Ingram Spark. Finally, we'd love for you to join us at nonfictionauthorsassociation.com. And now I'd like to introduce our guest. Lisa Tenner is a leading authority in book writing, publishing, and book proposal development, whose clients have signed five and six-figure book deals with HarperCollins, Random House, Hatchet, Beyond Words, New World Library, New Harbinger, St. Martin's Press, Yale University Press, keeps going, John Hopkins University Press, HCI, and many other major publishers. Lisa has been quoted by the New York Times, Boston Globe, Glamour, Vice, and Market Watch, in addition to appearances on ABC World News and PBS TV. Her latest book is The Joy of Writing Journal, Spark Your Creativity in Eight Minutes a Day, and you can find out more at lisatenner.com. Hey, Lisa, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Carla. It's so great to be here with you. Yes, and welcome, welcome. Okay, agents, you're so popular, agents. Um, can you tell our audience, how do you even start to find an agent? Is it best to meet them at conferences or online, virtual events? Where, where do you get them? It is great to meet them at conferences. And the Nonfiction Writers Conference is obviously a great one because you have a pitch the agents forum. So I, I highly recommend that. Uh, other other conferences as well, live or, or virtual can be a, a great way to meet agents. And then also there's a lot you can do online. You know, you, first of all, you want to do some research and see uh, who might be a good fit. And you can do that through, there are a number of search engines like Query Tracker or, um, now I'm going to forget the names of them. <laughs> Um, well, Writer's Digest has one. There's a whole oh. bunch of them. So you can just Google that. And that's a good way to start, you know, putting in some information about your genre and maybe even the topic and see who comes up. You want to find agents who have an interest in your area. Let's say somebody who likes health books and especially brain books. So if you have a book that's on brain health, that might be an ideal match, but you don't necessarily want an agent who has a book that's a direct competitor of yours. It might be better to find someone who um, writes or who, who um, represents books in that arena, but it's not like a direct competition. And you can also look at some of the um, complimentary books in, in 
you know, that would complement your book and look in the acknowledgement section and see who was the agent for that book. So, and, and then, you know, just on social media, start to follow these agents and you might get a feel for their personality and preferences as well. Uh, writing cooperative on Medium often uh, has lists of new agents or agents that are looking for new writers. So that can be a good resource. There's just a lot online. And of course, non Nonfiction Writers Association, uh, you can find support as well. Wow, that's a lot to wade through. And I know, I mean, I know there are a lot of agents and keywords, right? Because we all work with, you know, the Google who knows what we're looking for all the time. <laughs> but how do you really identify and drill down on the absolute best matches for you and your book? Um, well, so these these query, um, th these these different queries are a good place to start. Um, so that I think it's query tracker writer's digest has one, um, duotrope. That's a, that one I think is paid. Um, so there, you know, there are a lot of different options. So if you just query, you know, search for an agent, you'll get a whole bunch and you can try different ones and put in, you know, uh, health books, brain health or, um, self-help books spirituality or self-help books, yoga. And that could be a really great way to see who's interested in those kind of books. Um, but, but like I said, you know, they're going to look at actual books and see who's, who's acknowledged by the author of a book that might be complimentary to yours is a really good way to go as well. So, okay. So there are search bars in these tools, which makes total sense. Mm -hmm. Um, so say you found an agent, what happens when the agent says yes? What's next? Are there like <laughs> what contracts and expectations we should be prepared for in that best case scenario, right? Yes. Yeah. You definitely want to see their contract and show it to a lawyer because you want to know exactly what you're signing and your lawyer may suggest some changes. Uh, they're fairly standard, but one thing you'd want to know, for instance, is what if they don't sell the book within a year and a half or two years? You know, are you able to exit that contract and get another agent, for instance? So you do want to make sure that certain things are in place and a, a lawyer, an intellectual property attorney will help you with that. Uh, then you also really want to interview the agent. You don't want to just say yes. But one thing I would ask is, you know, why are you excited about this book? And, and really try to see, you know, are they excited? <laughs> uh, hopefully they are really excited. And I, I can remember with the Creativity Cure, there were several agents interested in uh, Dr. Barron's book. And one agent said to me, it was at the, we were at the Harvard conference and she'd taken the, the, uh, the actual book proposal that we'd sent to her um, with her. And she'd read it and said, I really want to represent. It was, it was actually a team, the husband and wife, uh, but the wife wrote most of it. So it was Dr. Carrie Barron and Dr. Alton Barron. She said, I really want to represent the Barrons for this book. I'm so excited. And she told me why she was excited about the book and also why her? And she mentioned other books that she'd agented that she thought showed what a good match she would be for the book. So she she really 
pushed harder than any other agent about why her. And to me, that said she was she was really both hungry and for that particular book, and she really saw why um, why it was such a great book. So she was going to make a great case because her enthusiasm uh, was going to rub off on acquisitions editors at publishing houses. So when you see that kind of enthusiasm that, you know, especially from a very, that was Jean Fredericks and she was a very experienced agent. So I, I knew that she was going to be a great choice because of that. Um, but other things are, you know, do they have the same vision as you? So always ask, what changes do you see making? And if, if their changes sound good, that's great because they have a lot of experience, but if it's really far from your vision and you've, feels something feels wrong about it, I would definitely consider, is this the right fit? Or are they taking the book in a different direction that I'm not comfortable with? Um, I would ask them why, because you might learn that actually their direction makes more sense, but I would definitely try to make sure, you know, you're on the same page. Got it. Um, so is it okay to query more than one agent at a time or do you have to go one by one and because maybe you have two or three agents that say yes I know that might be rare but what's the uh, etiquette there it does happen yeah uh -huh. it used to be that you could only query agents one at a time and in fact when my first book we, we were looking for an agent that's what happened to us and so it took many years to get uh, publisher, actually, we ended up not getting an agent, but we published with Health Communications. Uh, and that was a very frustrating process. So I'm happy to say that the process is so much nicer now. And you can query more than one agent at a time. You do want to let them know. And usually I, you know, I say something like, um, uh, you know, we're just querying three agents and you're one of them just to let them know we're not sending it out to 20 people because, if we're sending out to a ton of people, and even if it's a very exciting book, an agent may feel, well, is it really worth my time to read the proposal if they're sending it to so many people? And, you know, what are the chances I'm going to get this? So I would just query a few at a time, like two or three. And, um, but, you know, some people will say they query a lot. So, you know, it really depends a little on personality. The other thing I would say, though, for the very first agent you query, I would think who's your very top choice. And when you query them, say that you would be happy to give them a two week exclusive. And what that does is it bumps it up uh, for them. If they are excited about the book, they're going to, they're going to make a decision more quickly. So, um, so that, that can be a helpful thing to say, you know, you're my top my top choice. And so if, if you are interested in seeing the proposal, I'm happy to give you a two week exclusive. That can be a big deal for agents. So that that's, that's, I think a really helpful tip. That was going to be my next question because I know authors who have waited so long to hear back from agents, how much time do you give them? So uh, you can give it, you can say, okay, for two weeks, I'm only uh, I won't, I won't uh, send out my query to any other agent. What is the normal time that you would give an agent and when would you give up? Yeah. So, you know, there's, there's not like a very specific time frame. I'd say. Um, recently I queried an agent for a client of mine and we heard, I think within a day, and that was an agent I didn't know. It was a top agent that I, I, 
didn't know personally. So, you know, if they're really excited, sometimes they'll hop on it. On the other hand, sometimes they didn't receive your email, right? We all know email can go to spam or trash or get deleted by accident. So you do want to make sure they got it. So it's perfectly reasonable. If you haven't heard back in a couple weeks, it's perfectly reasonable to say, I just wanted to make sure you received my my uh, query letter. And the benefit of maybe doing a pitch the agents at the nonfiction writers conference or um, pitching agents at another conference is that then when you, you can send the proposal right away, you don't need to send the query. You might still want some of the points that would be in the query letter in your cover letter, but or your cover email in this case, but you, um, you can skip that step. And so in the, in the, um, the subject line, I would say something like, um, uh, requested proposal for blah, 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 so that they know this was something that they've already requested. And they're more like, you know, they realize, okay, this isn't the slush pile. This is something they requested. So it's really helpful to say that. And then in your cover email, you would again say, I'm so thrilled that you were excited about, you know, seeing the proposal for this. I think you're such a great match and say why. Um, and, you know, that, that will give you a little bit of a leg up too. So how long, I guess I didn't totally answer your question. So how long do you give them? So after two weeks, you could just say, I just want to make sure you got the, the, my query. And, um, you know, if, if you don't hear back and you really think they're a great match, you could call the office just to say, I'm just calling to make sure that so-and-so got my query letter. Agents are really busy. Often they have assistants helping them, you know, things do get lost. So some, some agencies may not be as friendly about your phone call. It used to be you weren't supposed to call, but nowadays because things do get lost, it is okay to call in general, you know. It varies agent to agent. You can look on their website and see their guidelines and they may say, please do not call our office. Then don't call their office. You want to, you, but, but you could, if you're following them on social media, for instance, you could send them a private message via Twitter and just say, um, just making sure you got my proposal. So there are other ways to follow up too. And I, you know, I would encourage you to um, don't be aggressive, but be assertive. Twitter's a great suggestion. I, I have seen tweet chats with uh, agents and there's some sort of hashtag agent day, right? Uh, mm-hmm. am, I, am I correct in think, saying that Twitter is a popular venue for meeting agents? It is. And you can do hashtag MSWL, uh, which is manuscript wish list to see any conversations where agents are talking about what they're looking for too. So I forgot to mention that, but that's another good way to see what agents are looking for and who might be a good fit. Great. Well, that's why you're the book coach, you know, all this stuff. I mean, it's really hard for us to see, you know, with blogs and on the internet, what's really true. Is it also true that you shouldn't uh, attach your proposal? Should you put it in a Dropbox or a Google Drive or something like that? Because I know sometimes um, emails don't get through because of large attachments. Yeah. Yeah. And that, viruses. Would, <laughs> yeah. 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 That, that is a good point. So um, that can be a better way to go. I'm, I'm not crazy about um, Google Docs, but mm-hmm. I think, you know, as you, 
some of it depends on the age of the person. I think the younger people really like Google Docs. So if it's a young agent, they might prefer a Google Doc. Um, but yeah, Dropbox is, is a good way to um, send a large file too. So it, again, it might depend on the person. But if you send a query letter, you could even ask them, how would you prefer to receive it? Is, you know, would you like it in Microsoft Word and or would you like a Google Doc? And, um, you know, where, where would you like it through Dropbox or Google. So you, you can kind of find out from them what their preference is. Excellent. So query letter first, no attachments, just the query, then ask how they would like the manuscript or the proposal delivered. Okay. Yeah. That's yeah. Un unless you met them at a conference and then you can skip that query and just have like a little opening about how you met. Um, great. Well, perfect. Um, so you did mention just really quickly, how do you find an intellectual property lawyer? Um, so, you know, there's one that I tend to refer everybody to. I don't know if you want me to mention a specific name. Well, maybe we'll call. put it in the show notes. We'll yeah, look yeah. At that. Okay. So she just has helped a lot of my clients to negotiate contracts, um, particularly publishing contracts. So if, if you go to a smaller publisher you know, you don't go through an agent, but you find the publisher yourself, she'll negotiate that contract. And so it is great to know somebody like that. And, and the reason I like this agent is uh, this intellectual property attorney is she's also a literary agent. So she'll only take on clients in agenting that have a big, big platform that she, you know, are in the right genres, but for the intellectual property or contracts, she's happy to do that work for everybody. So she, she's a great resource. Okay, great. So this is my last question. Um, and it's about self-publishing when you coach or do you coach self-published authors to, uh, to, to create proposals and get agents, what, what are the different scenarios and what are the chances if you've had a self-published book or if you're thinking about self-publishing, um, we hear that if you self-publish, you can't get an agent or if you self-publish and do well, you can get an agent. You know, the answers are all over the place. Yeah. So, you know, for nonfiction, and of course it's going to vary by genre and by topic, but sort of the magic number I've heard is 15,000. So if you sell 15,000 copies, then publishers and agents are thinking, wow, you know, especially if there seems to be a larger market than that, you know, you've done a good job selling that book and they start to get excited. So that can be sort of the magic number. But I've also had clients, I had one client who wrote a book proposal, which got, or maybe it was a query letter that got rejected. I think it was just the query letter, um, you know, it was sort of in the slush pile. It probably wasn't even the agent she wrote to the, I'm sorry, this was, for, this wasn't for an agent, this was to, directly to a publisher, but um, she probably didn't write, uh, she, she probably, even though she wrote to a senior person, it was probably seen by somebody who was like an intern or something, and she got a rejection. Uh, a month later, a month after she published the book, she heard from that same acquisitions editor that had rejected the book saying, I saw your book and I've read it and we'd like to publish it. So, you know, sometimes there are these gatekeepers and, uh, and, you know, magic can happen and that gatekeeper is out of the way and the right person sees it. And, you know, she didn't sell a ton of copies when she self-published, um, but it was more just that publisher was looking for a book on that topic. and. Um, was really excited to read it said you know this is this is the book i'm looking for do you, do you encourage um 
your authors that you coach, do you encourage them to self-publish after a certain amount of time goes by perhaps? Yeah, I would say um, it's maybe not as much the time as the kind of feedback we're getting to, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes it might be, um, uh, you know, platforms just not big enough, even for the smaller publisher. And then it becomes more a question of, you know, do you want to spend your time jumping through these hoops and, you know, they'll help in the long run with book sales, but is that what you'd like to be doing? Or do you want to get the book out there and really have it be, um, impacting your readers and also maybe growing your business, depending on how the book fits in with your business model. So sometimes it's more like, let's, let's reassess and see what makes sense given your goals. And sometimes it's really more just, you know what, I really want to get the book out there. And uh, there's certainly so many obvious advantages to self-publishing from the amount of control you get to how more how much more quickly you can get it out there. And then also how quickly and easily you can update it and make changes. So there are lots of benefits to self-publishing. And sometimes as people meet some resistance in the publishing field, they start to think, you know, I can see those advantages. Maybe I should just self-publish. So it's sort of very individual, I would say. Great. Thanks for all that good advice. Um, and, you know, as a book coach, I'd love for you to just talk about what you do a little bit and let us know how to find you. Um, do you work with uh, authors on how to word a query letter, uh, make sure they're on target, like maybe rewriting the book? What do you do and how do we find you and connect with you? And also mention your book, which sounds like eight minutes. That's great. I, I want to read an <laughs> eight you, minute yeah. solution, please. <laughs> it is. So it's um, Joy Writing Journal, Spark Your Creativity in Eight Minutes a Day. And we've got these fun QR codes. So in addition to, uh, you know, just like a few words about the prompt, per, like sort of my personal experience with it, maybe, or or, you know, kind of something leading into it, you can watch a video of maybe other people responding to the prompt or something related to the prompt, or listen to an audio meditation to get you in the zone to write. So there are lots of fun experiences along the way. And I do a little bit of teaching and some of the videos too. So it's, it's a fun experience. And I think, uh, I've heard good feedback. People are really finding that it jumpstarts the creativity. And I'm hearing from like such a variety of people from podcasters who are looking, you know, for help to write their scripts to moms who are using it with their kids, which really surprised me because I thought of, you know, older people using it, but I didn't really think of kids. Um, But I I think it's rated G, so it works. (laughs) Um, So yeah, it's been fun. And uh, in terms of working with me, I do work with people on their sort of book concept all the way through getting that book written or writing a book proposal and um, all the pieces to get a publisher. And sometimes that includes helping people come up with strategies and finding resources for them that really you know, are customized for what they need to get that platform in shape or even you know, get a website. Sometimes people don't even have an author website. So helping them figure out what they need and suggesting resources. And I do have a referral service. So for editors and ghostwriters and things like that as well. So I finger in a lot of pots, but I love to help people with the creative process. And I, I do have a new program coming up. Uh, it's kind of a, 
where we're just you know going to be getting together and writing and getting into that zone so some quick easy steps to get into that creative space and having that support to write right on the call so that's another fun thing get your writing done great and can we find this on lisatenner.com you can thank okay. you yeah yeah, yeah. And, and you can uh, also find me on twitter and instagram and um we have a facebook page right and create with lisa tenner so like a lot of a lot of wherever you are you can probably find me <laughs> lisa thank you for being our guest today really grateful for all your wise advice thank you well it's such a pleasure and i really encourage listeners to do that um, pitch the agents as part of the nonfiction writers conference it's such a great opportunity yeah, that comes around every year. So yeah, <laughs> thank you for that. And thank you to our audience for joining us today. We conduct these interviews every Wednesday and you can check the schedule at nonfictionauthorsassociation.com. Please sign up for our mailing list to get notifications about podcasts and other events. Thanks again.